Bible reading today is from Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. So you can look that up real quickly or just let me read it to you. So, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts or on Zoom. They they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Thanks, Holly. Good morning, everyone. This is very cool to see you all there. Lots of waving. Um, and yeah, a little bit strange. Hope you're all doing okay. Um, we've been praying for all of us as a Richmond community as we respond to everything that's going on. And I'm so grateful that we have this opportunity now to meet together, to do the things that we always do, um, to praise King Jesus and to listen to God's word together. So obviously gathering like this is a bit different for all of us, but hopefully... Um, We'll find some new ways of creatively connecting um, over the time. One thing I want to say at the start of this message it's, is this. Listening to someone on a screen can be a little bit more challenging than being in the room. So can I encourage you um, to grab a pen and paper if you want or if you've got another device that you're not already using um, just to maybe jot down some notes. That can be a helpful way of staying engaged and I will try and be conscious of this, hopefully not speak too long. Um, and we've also gone really low tech here. I have a whiteboard so I can um, write some things on the whiteboard um, as we go. And if you really want to, you can use the chat box on Zoom, which I can see some people already using. You can use that to comment or to heckle. Really, it's up to you. (laughs) So, um, we're continuing the series we started last week, which is called Church as Family. And we actually planned this series last year, and we thought it would be really good to spend these three weeks reminding ourselves of who we are and what it means to be family to one another. It's probably an even more important topic than we realised, given our rapidly changing context. Um, I don't know about you, but it feels like so much has changed in just one week. Um, And yet, we are really talking about things that haven't changed at all and will not change. As a church, we are still family. We're still looking to King Jesus to work in us and to work through us. So last week, Elliot kicked off our series and he talked about the fact that both the word church and the word family are what you might call really full words. Um, They're words that we already have lots of meaning and understanding for and they're words that different people use in different ways. And so they're two words that we want to rethink and revisit and listen to what the Bible says uh, about what they mean for us, what it means for us to be church as a family. I've actually noticed probably because I've been thinking about it, even in the last week, um, some of the challenges in how different people have used those words. So I've heard people say things like, just stay inside with your family. And what they mean by family there, of course, is the people who live in your house. And while that might be really good public health advice, it's not great theology (laughs) because family means so much more and we want to be family to each other even if we're not able to be in the same house or room or building um, and not be physically present. I've also heard people saying things like church is cancelled this week, as if church is what happens when we gather together on a Sunday. 
Um, and I admit that I have corrected a few people that I've heard saying that because our physical Sunday gatherings might not being held, be being held for the time being. But that is not what the church is. The church is who we are. And we are very much not cancelled. We can see that just by looking at each other's faces this morning. So our goal in this series is to listen to the story of the early church and ask what, it's, what does it look like in our time and our place to be church's family, even if our time and our place is kind of changing at the moment. So when you go to the New Testament, we find that the early church deliberately chose the language of family to talk about this new life that they were experiencing together in Jesus. That wasn't an accident. They wanted to make a really big claim about what it means to be followers of King Jesus and how it transforms the way that we relate to one another. If we become children of God, then we become sisters and brothers to each other. We are family. And as Elliot said, this is not just some abstract theological idea that they assented to in theory. It was lived out in practical relationships, doing life together in grounded and embodied ways. Let me say, this is why I think that connecting digitally like this, like we are for the time being, while it is amazing, it does have its limits and we are going to keep feeling like we're missing out on something. I don't know about you, but I'm already excited about that day when we're going to get back together and actually all be singing in the same room in harmony at the same time, whenever that might be. But for now, being family is something we can do, even with physical distancing and necessary isolation. Because family is about identity. Family is about belonging to each other. Elliot said last week that um, having a commitment to a local church is a radical life choice in a keep your options open culture. This is perhaps even more so in the midst of a global pandemic um, when the individual temptation can be to think me first. We've seen that in the last couple of weeks. But for us, being family means that our primary filter is we before it is me. It means that no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, alone or together, we see ourselves as belonging to each other. I don't know if you remember last year, we did a series about this time called Church Everywhere and we focused on what it means to be church when we're scattered, that we are still the church when we're in our workplaces, when we're with our friends, when we're in our neighbourhoods, when we're working and resting and playing. That's what being family means. It's an identity we carry with us all the time. So the passage we're looking at today in Acts 2 is really about how we thrive as families. So last week we looked at joining God's family, today thriving in God's family and next week growing as God's family. Because the goal of any family, I hope, is not just to survive, but actually to grow and to flourish and to see people uh, become all that they can be. Too often churches can be tempted to go into maintenance mode uh, as if our goal is just to keep on keeping on. But King Jesus is always about our growth and our flourishing, that we might be part of everything that he's doing in the world. And that continues to be true even in our current circumstances. We don't want to fall in the tra into the trap of thinking we've just got to get through this, we've just got to survive. What does it look like for us to thrive? So how do we thrive as a church family? Well, we talk a lot at Richmond about our rhythms and about our practices. And so I'm going to own those two words and you can play bingo if you want this morning. And we're going to talk about our rhythms um, and our practices because I think they're a really helpful framework for what it means and what we do and how we thrive as family. So rhythms. Um, rhythms are the repeated patterns, the measured beat, the ongoing flow of our life together. You might think about your own biological family. Every family has its rhythms. 
um, those things that you do daily or weekly or monthly or every year. When you get together, when you're apart, how you keep in contact, how you celebrate birthdays or anniversaries or other small achievements, how often you connect with your cousins and your grandparents and your third cousins. Now, I think it's worth pointing out, um, some families have healthier rhythms than others. If you're a musician, you might think of it this, some, this way. Um, some families live life in like a waltzing three, four time and other families are maybe more frenetic cut conman time and maybe other families are changing time signature every day. But a healthy, flourishing, thriving family will have good, sustainable rhythms. So what are our Richmond rhythms? I hope you know the answer to that question. Of course, our Sunday gatherings are a key part of that. We love them um, and we want to keep doing them. We also have our gospel groups as a um, meeting in one another's homes every week or two as a rhythm. We have our quarterly dessert nights. That's a rhythm where we find an opportunity to connect with our neighbours and invite people to be a part of what we're doing. We've encouraged you to be reading the Bible one-on-one -on -one with someone else from our community so that um, that can be a weekly or a fortnightly rhythm for you. For our pastoral team, I would say that our weekly prayer time together is like a metronome that kind of keeps the, the pace and keeps the beat going of everything that we do. So perhaps one of the challenges at the moment and of the next few months is going to be that our rhythm might have to change for a bit. With online gatherings like this and physical distancing, we might feel like we're playing in 7-8 rather than 4-4. Four, four. If you're a muso, you know, 7-8's not much fun. <laughs> but it's also an opportunity to be really creative and to try something different. Or look, if you're not a musician and you're an English major, maybe it will feel like we are speaking in haikus rather than in sonnets for a time. Um, and for the non-musos and the non-poets, I'm just trying to say things might feel a bit awkward and unfamiliar for a time as we adjust to rhythms that are new and that don't feel as settled. But we might also see that this is opportunity for great creativity. Sophie said we've been using the phrase embrace the awkward um, as we help each other find new rhythms. And the rhythms are not totally different, of course. Our Sunday gatherings will continue and we will find ways to keep engaging even though they're online. Our gospel groups continue even if they're online or over the phone. Um, and can I say, if you're not reading the Bible with someone one-on-one, -on -one, this would be an awesome time to start. You might have to do it sitting outside in a park two metres apart or on a video chat. But I think having a regular time each week where you are catching up with someone else from our rich and family just to read God's word together, I think that actually might become really important for many of us over the coming weeks and months. So if that's something you're interested in, I wanted to give you two really practical options right now. If you're feeling brave, just ask someone else in our Richmond family if they'll read the Bible with you, because I think there's a pretty high chance they'll say yes. Uh, if you would rather one of us help you kind of play matchmaker, then just let us know. Um, you can send us an email, put a message in the Richmond Facebook communication group, or if you are sitting there right now thinking I should do that, just actually put something in the chat box on Zoom and we will get onto it. Just say, yeah, I'd like to do that. And you might even find someone else says, sure, I'll do it with you. So there's a way of keeping engaged while you're listening to me. You can be creating little pairs to read the Bible together. But our rhythms are the beat that keeps us going. Um, they're sometimes behind the scene, but they're always essential. Then alongside our rhythms, to keep with the music analogy, you might think of our practices as like the tune, the melody, the song that we're singing, what we actually do. And again, every family has its practices. They might be sharing meals or reading or watching things together, sending videos and messages in a WhatsApp group, um, weird traditions like Cousins Day, I'm looking at you, you know who you are. <laughs> uh, every family's practices are slightly different. 
the things that your do- your family does to stay connected and thrive are going to be different to what someone else's family does. You actually see this when people get married. It's one of the um, things that newlyweds can find a bit difficult to adapt to. It's like, what? Your family keeps the Vegemite in the fridge? You have dinner with your parents every single week? <laughs> so we've got to figure out what are the practices that help our family thrive. Our Richmond uh, family, we've got lots of practices, so much so that that word practices is part of our bingo language. Um, I couldn't name all our practices right now if I tried. But what I want to do um, is show you how we hope that all of our practices are actually our versions and our expressions of the same practices that the church has been living out since the very beginning. The family of King Jesus uh, expresses itself in a number of ways and then we figure out that what that looks like for us here and now. So the passage that Holly read to us from uh, Acts chapter 2 names a bunch of these practices in some really broad ways. And then over the last 2,000 years, every different church has had to figure out what does it look like for us to do that, to live that out, to practice that in our context. I had a look at this passage and I reckon there's at least 10 practices in there. There might be more. Um, And so I'm not going to spend heaps of time on each one, but I'm going to take you through them really briefly. That's why I've got the whiteboard. And I want you to think about which one of these 10 resonates for you. Um, Maybe you can write down some creative ideas or expressions that come to mind as we talk about them or think about how we can live these out as a family at Richmond, particularly in this season. So if you can see this, I don't know if it's going to work. Number one, depending on the the lighting, you can just write it down yourself if that's helpful. Uh, Number one is teaching. Acts 2 says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That is, they kept listening to and understanding and living in the story of Jesus. For the church throughout the ages, this has been about teaching and preaching the Bible. We have just spent six weeks in the big story of God's word, reminding ourselves what we believe and retelling that story for our time. I hope that we value our weekly teaching and we want to continue to read the Bible together and respond to its call on our lives as a family. So it might look like listening to messages like this or opening the Bible in your gospel group or reading the Bible with someone else one-on-one. But how are we devoting ourselves to God's word. Number two, they also devoted themselves to fellowship. Feel free to change this if it needs to move. I don't know. <laughs> um, that's basically doing life together, fellowship. We might think about it primarily as physical presence, and that is an important part of it. But I think what it's really about, fellowship is about human connection. It's about uh, families thrive when people are connected to one another, take time to actually listen and share what's going on in their lives. Now I know that we usually do this at Richmond in physical presence of one another and a lot of the time it involves coffee. Um, So we might have to get more creative for the time being. But we do have the privilege of so much technology that's available to us. We can call, we can send messages, we can video chat, we can Zoom. Um, Maybe you can even write a letter. Um, Let's use this time that we have to get really good at communicating in lots of different ways. We really want to encourage you, this is something we can all do, to take the time to share and listen to each other. Okay, number three is breaking bread. My writing is getting terrible. That's why I'm putting it in the chat. Oh, thanks, Holly. (laughs) So breaking bread together, this is about um, sharing meals and hospitality, but it's also about the Lord's Supper, about sharing communion together. This has been a hugely important practice of the church throughout history and something we still value really highly. Again, we're going to have to get creative in the next few weeks. We are already imagining some expressions of this for our Easter gatherings. Um, But how can we show hospitality to one another, even with physical distancing? 
we already have among us a couple of families who are in quarantine after returning from um, overseas. Maybe you could drop around some food or I don't know, invite them to play a game online. I'm, I'm not sure, but let's figure this out together. How are we going to do hospitality? Number four is prayer. So this has always been an essential practice of the church, whether together or alone. We're dependent on God and we want to ask the Spirit's voice to speak into our situation. We want to ask King Jesus to empower us to live out who we are as his family. As you've heard us say lots of times, this has become a core practice for our pastoral team and we really love praying for you guys. We also know that there's many of you in our church family who pray regularly and perhaps we didn't even know because we don't see it. I want to encourage you, keep praying for one another whether it's together or alone, and also keep praying with one another. I found one of the best things about our online gathering on Thursday night was the opportunity at the end we had to break into a small group and just sit with two or three other people and pray for each other. Yes, it was a bit awkward, but when we got to the end of it, I think we all realized we had you know, experienced God's presence and we were able to be an encouragement and a support to each other in that time. Okay, number five, signs and wonders. Uh, maybe not one we talk about so much at Richmond, um, but the New Testament says the early church experienced awe at all the signs and wonders God was performing. A key practice of Jesus' first followers was sharing how they were seeing God at work in unexpected ways, in surprising ways, in ways beyond what they could do or even imagine. When we experience God changing someone's life or answering our prayers or bringing healing, we should be amazed together. So again, I'd encourage us to keep asking and to keep looking for God's amazing work. I reckon we might be surprised when we look back on this time at what God is doing even right now that we can't quite see. So let's look out for it. Number six is sharing. And the New Testament says that they shared everything in common with one another. If the church really is family, then doing life together means looking out for one another practically, noticing when there are some amongst us who have a lot and some who only have a little. Again, this is something we're really being invited to think about in the current situation. We can joke about sharing our toilet paper, but it's so much more than that. We have some people in our Richmond family who have already lost jobs this week, and we have others who are already facing financial hardship. How are we gonna look out for each other and generously contribute to each other's needs? We've got some ideas and we'll be in touch. We'd love you to get in touch with your ideas of how we can do this. Number seven is actually pretty similar, but it's named separately, which is giving to those in need. I think this is the generosity that goes beyond ourselves or to channel Elliot, giving away what we could keep for ourselves. <laughs> this could be our time. It could be our resources, our money, our actions. Again, we've already seen people in our community this week sharing great creative ideas about how to connect with their neighbours or how to practice acts of kindness. It should be the church, the, the family of King Jesus should be at the forefront of this. Throughout history, the church has actually been the experts on how to care for people in difficult times. We're not medical experts, we're not health experts, but we've been loving and caring experts. And we have an invitation to step into that. We need to be careful not to give in to the temptation to just look inward at this time and lose sight of our mission. How are we going to keep giving ourselves away? Number eight, this is an interesting one, meeting. As Holly read, in the book of Acts, they met both in the temple courts, so in a large gathering, and in homes, in small gatherings. That's our normal rhythm, 
And as we've said, even if it's online, we're going to keep going with that rhythm. Large gatherings on Sunday, small gatherings in homes during the week. We know it's not quite the same using Zoom as it is as all being here, but it is such a great blessing that we have in our time and our place. And we want to encourage you to embrace it and make the most of it. There is so much we can do online. Um, and we'd love you to share ideas about how we can do it well. If you've got creative ideas of how we can um, do our Sunday gatherings, if you want to be involved in leading and planning them, get in touch. We are all ears um, and we would love to do this together. Number nine, perhaps as part of that, but bigger than that, is praising God. Worship. This includes singing and it's also more than that. It's honouring God with our whole lives. You know, when we come together and we sing, we are declaring what we believe to be true. We are naming who King Jesus is. We are giving him praise and honor. And that kind of frames our lives. We sing it out to one another so that we might remind ourselves that it's the truth that we live in. So praise is not just something we do on a Sunday. It's something we live out every day, every moment. Um, we've had the privilege of getting used to doing that together in particular ways. And some of them are not quite possible at the moment. I know Sophie stepped out of her comfort zone this morning. Um, and some of you might have felt awkward singing along at home in your pajamas. Um, but as I said before, I can only imagine how great it's going to be when we get to sing together again. But until then, the real question is, how are we continuing to declare who King Jesus is, to give him the honour he deserves and to live out of that every moment? And finally, number 10 is growing. The last thing we read in that passage in Acts 2 is that God added to their numbers. For them, every day, they were exploding in growth. Um, the church is never in maintenance mode. It is always about inviting other people in. And I think this season presents us with an opportunity to love our neighbours well and to live out who we say we are as the family of King Jesus. We're going to explore this one a lot more next week. We've got Andrew Turner coming um, to finish off this teaching series. And he's going to talk about how families are designed to grow and to multiply. Uh, and so the question is, what does it look like for us to consider that at Richmond now and in the future, that our goal is to keep thriving and growing in King Jesus? So there you go. That's 10 practices to think about. Which one or two or five, it's up to you how advanced you want to go, but which one resonated for you? And how can you help our Richmond family keep practicing this, particularly over the coming season? Because one of the most beautiful things about families, let me say this to finish, is that families make things happen together. Being a family means taking shared responsibility. It means that we are all part of it. We all get to participate and we are better together and we are more together than any one of us could be alone. So there is an invitation for every single one of us to be part of working this out as we move forward. So let me pray and uh, then I'm going to invite you to spend some time with a couple of other people talking and praying about what this might look like for you. Let's pray together. King Jesus, we thank you that we are family because we are your children. We are brothers and sisters together. Uh, we are grateful that we have been brought into this particular family here at Richmond and we are thankful for all the good things that you have been doing amongst us. We come to a moment now where maybe some of those things look a little less clear and we need to cry out to you and ask you to show us how we can be family well and how we can thrive in the situation we find ourselves in. I pray that each one of us 
would accept that invitation and would figure out where we can be uh, one of those who takes responsibility and who has creative ideas and who prays and who speaks and who joins in so that our family might continue to grow and flourish and make you known King Jesus at this time and always on into the future. So we thank you for this gathering that we've shared this morning. We thank you that there is uh, still the opportunity to connect with each other in smaller ways. We love doing that as part of who we are at Richmond. Uh, and so we're looking to you uh, to help us encourage and each other, to listen to each other, to share with each other um, and to continue our mission with one another. I pray your blessing on each one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.